Hello, and welcome back to You'll Think of Something. This is episode 205. Just so you remember what we're doing here, this is a podcast that creates a space for focused discussion on how to be a productive, creative person on a team, in your own personal work, and in your life. My name is Allie Perkins, and I'm a longtime talent professional with loads of experience in facilitation, training design, and program management. And I'm Kara Oropalo. I'm an animation executive who specializes in training and artistic development with a deep love of production management and the creative process. Today, we're discussing professional development in the time of COVID. Um, And this is like all things professional development, right? Like how do you grow within your career? How do you network? How do you get a new job? All those things that have been really difficult as we've all been isolated from each other. Um, And Allie has a particularly interesting take on this because Allie has been moonlighting as something of a career coach and a career consultant. Uh, during this time. So, Allie, you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing. Uh, well, this started really informally. Um, I think this was something that I started to do when my friends were looking for jobs and uh, they would ask me to go over their resumes or they would ask me to um, write out or help them write out some of their interview question responses, um, edit and review their uh, cover letters because I really enjoyed writing and, um, you know, it was something I was good at and, um, and liked helping people with. And then as the pandemic, you know, hit and, uh, my friends and family were affected and impacted. Um, and I also uh, myself enlisted the, the help of a, uh, not necessarily job coach, but someone uh, who was able to help me network better and to um, have a strategy around my interview processes. Um, I kind of understood better what um, what works for people. And I learned a lot from doing that experience myself. And so when my nearest and dearest do need help with um, either a career change or with a um, or with, you know, just switching jobs, um, I'm able to help them and support them in a way that, um, gives them some tools that they can take with them, uh, for the long term. So I've been doing this for now about a year and, um, I don't really advertise because I don't really want to, honestly. Um, I keep it close to the chest. Um, but yeah, so I have a lot of thoughts about, um, professional development and strategies around keeping yourself fresh, um, on, you know, during this time and especially during this wild job market. I mean, it is wild out there. Yeah. It's really crazy. Um, we should talk about that for a little bit. Like it's, I think most people are aware of this now, but we're in a space now with with the job market where uh, it's sort of a confluence of things, right? Um, number one, I would say that uh, people are recognizing from the pandemic like that, that work doesn't have to be what they thought it was before. And they're also like reprioritizing what's important to me. Oh, I liked being able to be with my family. I liked being able to have flexibility. I don't want to go back into a 40 to 60 hour, you know, office job. 
So I think there's that piece of it. I also feel like thankfully there's been like a lot of like labor and workers movements, right? Mm -hmm. Moving towards, and we've talked about this in other episodes too, but um, moving towards a space of like, I don't want to do this shitty job for minimum wage. I <laughs> have to do that, right? Right. There's a lot of like um, movement towards, I think, like mental health, but also just like general physical health, like and well-being for workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even just um, I think we are at a reckoning of the cost of living and the cost of work. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes. Uh, it's just, I, I was having a really great conversation with my aunt the other day um, and my uncle, and we were talking about how uh, daycare, um, so childcare and school and even, um, you know, some forms of long-term care are really disrupted because of COVID. Yeah. And so when you are at a job where you barely break even with daycare or costs of care, it is sometimes more beneficial to eliminate that job, to eliminate your, your work, right? Because right. you're going, you have to make the choice anyways. And so, um, you know, I think that many people, even though they'd like to be in the workforce, um, cannot be right. for financial reasons. Yeah. Gosh, that's so fascinating. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a, it's an interesting moment, I think, to be looking for a job, um, and it's an interesting moment um, to be crafting as a person who's like, I myself, I'm looking to hire people and I'm like, what, what do I do to make things um, appealing? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I, what I also don't want to ignore is that this is part of a cultural movement as well. Yeah. I think that our generation and who am I being a general, I'm being general, like I am generalizing to the max. But I think our generation of which Kara and I are both millennials. Um, so when we grew up, I think the big message was like, do what you love, find something you do and love it. And, you know, and, and you'll never work a day in your life and just find your passion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that was that was the message in right. our cartoons, in right. our movies, yeah. in media in general. Right. Yeah. And. And then I think that now um, this this incoming generation or this in the incoming zeitgeist is really about what does work even mean? Right. Like, why am I working? Um, why truly am I working? Right. And what is like, um, what what is wh- why am I defining myself with using my job? Yes. Yes. As opposed to like the other aspects of my life, right? That's exactly right. Because I think we did get some of that messaging, right? That we were like, find something that you love to do because that's who you're going to be. And right. Right. we're re-examining yeah. it. We're re-examining and going, no, that's not everything that I am. Yeah, it it's almost not like there was, there was like this arc, right? Like it, for our baby boomer parents, it was like... um it was like this American dream of like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work hard and do it for your family and do it for your, you know, and then, and, and it was like, and don't ask questions, just work hard. Yeah. Right. So there was that. And then it moved more towards a place of like, but do what you love, do what you're passionate about, but still focused on this capitalistic, like you have to do a job and you have to work like long ass hours and work really hard. And then finally now it's moving to a place of like, 
but why are we working again? Like, I know that we need to make the world go round, but also is this really all we are, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Really fascinating. Yeah. I think you have a, a movie script right there. I think that yeah. was an, yeah, that was a story arc, Tara. I, I mean, I don't know if it's so much of, of, of a full movie as it is just like a, um, like an oh shit moment for all of us. <laughs> oh no, no. And you know what's so funny is I'm still thinking about it in a capitalistic way. And like, could this be a movie? Could like, this be a novel? A product? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. What can I produce? And I think it's so telling. It's just so telling of our mindsets as yeah. a generation and what we've been feeding, not what we, we've been fed, but also what we've been feeding each other. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, the hustle, like hustle, find someone like, you know, all these like TikToks that are like, find someone you love and that loves the hustle, find okay. someone, you know, like, or, um, you know, work hard every day, work, work, and right. like, work hard, play hard. All yeah. yeah. And I know, I know. Mama's tired. <laughs> so, yes, you're right. But, but what's interesting though, and, and your, your experiences and mine feed into this as well, that like, so we're, we're against this backdrop of like culture that's changing mm-hmm. about what having a job means, but people still need to work. Yes. And we also want to work. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about what that means again during this time, um, yeah. starting with um, networking and how yeah. that has changed during this time. And, and if we can come up with some recommendations for people on how you can still network successfully when we're not allowed um, to necessarily be in the same spaces. You know, what's so fascinating about this is that um, I feel like before the pandemic, so pre-COVID, um, we were kind of relegated to meeting people in real life. So how do you build those connections in real life? Mm-hmm. And how do you network with somebody at a conference? How do you meet them through someone else that you work with? Yes. Uh, it was very meet- like conference, lunch, happy hour based. Lunch, right? yes. Lunch and happy hour. How do I meet up with this person in, in real life? Because are we really connected if I haven't seen you face to face? And one of the the wonderful things or one of the, I'm not going to say wonderful, one of the positive outcomes mm-hmm. of COVID and the virtualization of even conferences, so that is the accessibility mm-hmm. that they have allowed us. And so you could make connections virtually much more easily. Yeah. And and yeah. it was considered real. Yes. Whereas yes. before it was like, well, I haven't actually met them yet kind of a feeling. Correct. You're so right. It added this extra layer of like, this is how you meet people now. Right. So I just, I remember... uh you know, seeing this story of a, um, she was a marketing executive. Oh, it's the woman who, um, uh, figured out how to market Febreze. Oh yeah. Yeah. And she's super famous in in terms, in like, in terms of our like little professional circle, like she's very well known. Um, and she has done incredible things with her career. And I thought, man, you know, she's one of those people where I'm like, I love how she thinks and I loved her grit. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to her on LinkedIn and I told her why I was reaching out to her. And she 
messaged me back. Oh, cool. Yeah. And she messaged me back and she said, oh, cool. I'm glad you heard my story. Um, you know, uh, just keep following me on here. And if you need anything, just let me know, you know? And it's like um, that to me, and I'm not saying that you should expect this from every executive <laughs> or every, I'm not, but I'm just saying that to me would not have happened five years ago. I don't think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because mm-hmm. LinkedIn is a more viable space now because mm-hmm. connecting with people virtually just, it means more now. Yeah. You're so right. Um, and I think it's really interesting um, to look at the way that like our sort of our, our validity of like the virtual space grew. Like you and I were talking about this, that like at the beginning of the pandemic, we went through that weird phase of like reaching out to people <laughs> that we hadn't spoken to in a long time. We were like, oh my God, I have to Zoom everybody. I have to Zoom my old college friends. I have to Zoom my old neighbors. <laughs> we were just like connecting with everyone. And, but I feel like that was like weirdly like a mental stepping stone. Mm-hmm. And now like we all are at the place that we're like, Oh, it's okay to reach out to people on the computer. Yes. And it and it like helped us then get comfortable with reaching out to people that we didn't know so well. Because now that's what we do. We work on here, we talk with each other on the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk with our coworkers and now we can even reach out to others. Yeah, and and I think that what you brought up was a good it was I think one of the really good indicators or descriptors around why we reached out to these people at the beginning of the pandemic because we hadn't had the time and we had gone a really long time without talking to them. Right. And I think that this created a mindset shift where even if I worked with you 15 years ago, now it's less weird. Yeah. I send you a message and be like, Hey, do you remember me? Um, you were my first boss, um, you know, 15 years ago. Um, just wanted to catch up. Yeah. It's a lot less creepy. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so I think that, I think if you're trying to translate this into like an actionable item, if you're that kind of person who's listening, which I totally get it. I think what we're saying here is that like, you know, using LinkedIn, not being afraid to reach out to people, to message people, to talk with people that you haven't spoken to in a long time, to interact with people. Yeah. Um, is a really important thing. And to find these virtual spaces. Like I think at first people were not connecting, like we're not attending virtual conferences because they were like, I'm waiting for next year. Yeah. I'm waiting for the quote unquote real thing. But now like I've seen the accessibility from these conferences, like for example, in the animation world, um, Lightbox Expo, which is this really great, um, conference in, and it's in the September range, if you're interested, um, because it was available online, became, it grew like crazy and -hmm. it became so accessible to students and to people and other communities who, who would have never gotten to Pasadena to attend. And so it's sort of changing the way that we look at this and, and providing, um, it's leveling the playing field Mm -hmm. on the way that people connect with other people. Absolutely. It is. And here's the thing that I do want to remind our listeners of is that you can't get the results from that kind of outreach unless you do it. Yeah. And also have realistic expectations about getting responses and getting interaction and getting feedback. One of the things on LinkedIn that I like to point out to um, the people that I help and support um, is that when you go onto somebody's LinkedIn profile, you can see that there's a box um, that is labeled activity. 
And that activity box will show you all of that person's activity in the last 90 days. You can see if that person has liked, posted, commented on other people's posts. Oh, that's great. And so when you're reaching out to somebody, you're going to have a more likely return on your time and investment in reaching out to them if they have activity posted in that box. If they've been active. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a good first place to look to see if is is LinkedIn going to even be the place where I need to find them or do I need to find someone who has their email or do right. you know that's the kind of thing or that's the place where you start is if right. they haven't been on LinkedIn in 90 days trust me you are not going to be at the top of their inbox. Right. That's a really good point. Oh, I love that tip. Um The other thing I was going to say with regards to, you know, we're talking a lot about LinkedIn, but I think other places to look to connect with people um, are Instagram and oh sure, yeah, and even Facebook, although um, or the Metaverse, Metaverse. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know where like obsessed (laughs) with these Mark Zuckerberg memes around the Metaverse. (laughs) Um, Anyways, uh, but I was going to say that. Instagram especially has been really fascinating because um, like in my world, there's been a ton of like grassroots networking that's been happening um, around social justice issues. So for example, like, yeah, like animation now has rise up animation um, and um, Asian Americans in, I think they call themselves Asian Queens of animation. (laughs) I Um, love it. Yeah, I know. There's like all these like really cool um, subset groups that are really active on Instagram and are posting and are providing a lot of um, uh, free networking opportunities for people to connect. Um, and, and, and that has come about 100% because of the fact that we've been in lockdown like this. Yes. Yeah. It's the awareness is there. And I think that one of the things that I also have found true in my in my career is that when I have become dissatisfied with the work that I am doing, I see that it is mostly because I have an evolution in my values Ah. and my, my values no longer match up with the work that I was doing every day. And it leads to internal turmoil and exhaustion. Yeah. That's such a really, that's such a good point because it's also like, all right, if these are my values, how do I look to either better myself in this area, learn more in this area or connect with people who are focused on this area. And now there's like a space to do that. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think that, um, I can, I can even see my evolution of values when I was at Neiman Marcus Mm-hmm. You know, and and then as I realized the accessibility wasn't there for people yeah. Yeah. and I was like, no, that's what matters to me. Um, and then as I moved on to Top Golf, one of the reasons that I moved to Top Golf or that I was so enchanted with it is because it, it is an accessible space for a, right. a lot of people. It has a much broader demographic mm-hmm. um, and the product there is something there's something for everyone yeah. there. Um, and so that's, that's really, um, uh, that has really shaped my movement in my career as well. 
And I think that this is part of it when you say like, I want to work with people who share my values. Yeah. I want to go to work and be myself. Yeah. And, and I don't want to have to shut off a part of me to clock in. Yeah. And then get that part of me back when I clock out. Yeah. Right. And that goes back to like, that's what we're all looking for now in our jobs is like, a better intersection of values in our professional money-making spaces. That's so right. It's exactly yeah. what it boils down to, too. Um, so can you tell us a little bit, Allie, too, about what folks have been doing to better themselves or grow themselves during this time? Like, oh, yes. What, if, what, are, what are folks doing now? You know, I think that this has also been revolutionary for online education. Um, I was really struggling in the last year of my MBA because I was doing an in-person um, MBA program in Houston um, at the University of St. Thomas. And when and, I and st- Allie lives in Dallas. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I live in Fort Worth. Kara. Oh, she lives in Fort Worth now, guys. <laughs> but yeah. in the FW part. <laughs> Um, I want to be true. I want to be true to this city only because it's given me and my family so much. So Fort Worth is a good place. Um, But um, when I started the program in 2000 and I want to say 15, um, I had been told that by the um, by the time I would graduate, which would be around 2018, 2019, that the program would be hybrid, um, that I would be able to do both online and um, and uh, in-person classes. But as um, leadership changed, administration changed, and the, and the organization went through some, through some changes, um, that became less a reality. And so I was really struggling to get my last couple of classes in so that I could graduate because I had moved. And um, to that end, the when COVID-19 hit, everything went virtual and I was able to very easily um, finish my degree um, because everything was online and I was receiving financial support from the school um, because I had been impacted by COVID. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Yes. So it was I a mean, really not awesome, uh, yeah. but like. <laughs> but, but those are the kinds of things that when schools do that. They know that the impact they're having is long lasting. Yeah. It changed my, my family's life. Yeah. It changed my life. It changed my career trajectory. Yeah. Um, and so that, and I'll just be you know very transparent, that couple of thousand dollars they sent my way really, I mean, really made a difference. Yeah, for sure. And I will tell anyone who asks me, right, about their program moving forward. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So... That being said, um, I also see my um, my friends who are interested in career changes or who are interested in becoming subject matter experts in their fields, um, reaching out to colleges like Cornell, um, Harvard, um, programs that have reputations for mm-hmm. um, in-person programs, but also have accredited certification programs. Oh, so getting um, a six month certificate or a you know twelve week course in data analytics mm-hmm. or you know learning how to use Power BI um, mm-hmm. you know at an at an expert level um, executive management programs those things are out there mm-hmm. and schools that are worth their salt made them virtual and accessible yeah and I can't I can't tell you enough that I feel like that is so important, not just for the individual, but for our society. 
Yeah, yeah, that's such an amazing change that we're now in a place that we can do that. Mm-hmm. And also just so much more, like, it's so good to, again, for, for people who, <laughs> I can't move to Harvard for six months, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, or I'm a working mother, or I have family to take care of, or what, mm-hmm. whatever, or I just can't afford to live in that area. Like, it's so much more accessible, which is incredible. I will say all of these, like, I love all the things that you're talking about are a little bit more corporate based and are super important. I'll say that like the same sort of things exist for folks who are more interested in small businesses as well, Mm -hmm. like lower level, quote unquote, lower level certifications, just simple things like, um, let me take a course in how to do QuickBooks. Yeah. Like do my own accounting, like even Mm -hmm. those sorts of things at community colleges, um, or even through like your local like parks and rec programs or libraries, they're offering these sorts of things now online or in mm-hmm. hybrid fashion so that you can better yourself as like a small business owner as well. And and what I also want to to emphasize, and I'm glad you said that because there there are so many things that um, you know, our artist friends do that they've been able to, to better themselves because they've been yeah. able to take classes and techniques online and yep. that may not have been accessible or worked with their schedule before, right. which is great. But the bigger picture is that I think that this validated online education in yes. a way that had not been validated before. It was just Phoenix before and we That's were all correct. rolling our eyes at it. Mm-hmm. And, and we shouldn't be that way. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't be. Like, I would like classist and judgmental of us before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now, and now it has leveled the playing field and helped us to change mindsets as a, as a, as a culture. And I, I love it so much because education will save us. It yeah. really will. And, and so the more people who can access it, the better. Yeah. That's awesome. Which brings me to, I guess, my next, um, <laughs> my next topic, which is one of my favorites. I've been really excited because you use it as well. Um, and so for those of you that don't know, I have a master's in librarian and information sciences. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and if I know that for some people, when they meet me, they're like, why? <laughs> I'm like not the quietest person, but, um, I do, I do love the library. I've loved it since I was a child. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things that I, uh, I used this before the pandemic, but I used it even more after is the Libby app. (gasps) The Libby app. Yeah. It's my favorite app. (laughs) (laughs) But you also might know Overdrive. I think there's one more that is out there. Oh, Canopy. Yeah. Yeah. Although that's more for like uh, video content, but still. Yeah. Library is all forms of media. And what's so funny is that I have friends and family who are avid readers. They are really, you know, the reading is part of their life. And over the course of the last couple of months, even they're like, how do you read so many books? And I'm like, well, I get audio books. And they're like, how do you get audio books? And I'm like the library. Yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. Through my Libby app. Yeah. Um, all you need is a library card. Um, what I really enjoy is that um, because of, again, um, the pandemic in uh, years prior, you really couldn't apply for a library card online. What the way you could even apply for your driver's license online. I know. Um, but you had to go in person, bring a, a paper bill, uh, <laughs> and your driver's license had to match. 
Um, but because they have transitioned or a lot of branches have transitioned to um, validating technology, uh, you know, online, you can get your library card renewed or issued uh, solely on the Internet. Yeah, I, I don't even have a physical library card for my Fort Worth library card. <gasps> really? Because mm-hmm. you did it during the pandemic. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 So I have it. I use it every day. And um, I encourage everyone to go find those books that they've been meaning to read. Um, Kara and I will recommend quite a few if you do. Yeah. In fact, you should check out our resources page because yes. we have a ton of books mm-hmm. listed on there. And a lot of them are older publishers now. Like they're not like, I mean, there's some like new things like the latest Adam Grant book that we're both reading or things like that. But everything is like, is, is older now. And therefore you should be able to stream relatively easy Mm -hmm. using Libby. Or get on a wait list for it if it is a newer book. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So you can get on wait lists for those books that do have um, a line. Mm-hmm. And then they will let you know when it's ready for you to stream on your phone through the Libby app or yeah. read um, if you download it to your Kindle app on your phone or your um, e-reader. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so many ways to do it. And I just just because we don't gather at the library in the same way that we do or that we used to doesn't mean that those resources are gone and that we shouldn't support them. We yeah. definitely need to. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's been super helpful for me. Um, I hop back and forth between like, I'll read a piece of fiction and then I hop over and read a um, quote unquote self-help book or professional development book, right? Just sort of keep my head in the game in that space. And then I hop back over to fiction. So I I go back and forth and the Libby app has really made it, um, has made it super easy to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're reading for enjoyment or you're reading for development, or if you're reading for both, um, check out check out Libby. <laughs> um, okay, so I think in in summary, what we've been talking about here is make sure that you're active on your social media platforms and on LinkedIn in um, connecting with other people and finding your communities. Um, we're talking about still attending uh, virtual festivals or conferences um, so that you can you know still recognize that those are valuable and in fact. Um, have added value um, because of their accessibility during this time. Um, We're saying use this time also to maybe work on your online certifications or education um, because now is a great time to do that. Uh, And if you don't want to go so far as to spend money on education, you can also work on your education through reading using (laughs) exciting apps like Libby. Um, Anything else that you can think of, Allie? Anything else that you want to add before we wrap up today? One last thing I would encourage everyone to do, and I I think it's appropriate because we're telling, we're talking to you about you reaching out to people, but trust me, people are going to be reaching out to you as well. And so keep your resume updated, keep it updated, keep it current, keep a list of the things that you're doing at work so that if you are in, um, if you're ever in an interview situation or you have the situation where someone asks if you if you have experience with a certain kind of challenge, issue, or technology that you've recorded that you worked with it and you can talk to it. But keep your resume updated. And for the love of everything that is good and holy, you can keep your resume in a Word document. Don't you ever, ever upload 
a Word document to a career website. <laughs> PDF till you die. All right. So that's it. That's it. Only PDF. Um, and if you need help figuring out how to PDF a document, go to YouTube. Okay. Go to YouTube, figure it out, but do not ever upload a word. And I joke, but this is the reason why. Uh, when you upload Word um, and it's being pulled through systems, if someone opens it on a computer where they do not use Word, they're opening it in a different browser, anything can mess up the formatting. And they won't know that it is because of that reason. They may just think that you don't know how to use Microsoft Office. <laughs> And, it's so true. Or yeah. it just comes through and they're like, why doesn't this person care about the formatting of their resume? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, so, so yeah. And and to that end, um, use do not use papyrus or comic sans. Oh, geez, that's, please. Those are the, that's the hill that I will die on. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you're so right. Keep your resume up to date so it doesn't become this painful thing when somebody's like, hey, you got a recent resume? And you're like, oh, shit. Like, I have to spend the whole weekend now toiling over my resume to get this out. Um, and to that end, also keep LinkedIn up to date in the same capacity. You can copy and paste. I think that's the beautiful thing. Copy yeah. and paste. Um, you know, keep your about section nice and trim and slim and lean um, and to the point. But that, you know, career experience section, you can you can do some copying and pasting there. So if people really want to get into the nitty gritty, yeah. um, you can do that. You can also post your resume on LinkedIn. So yeah. you can post the PDF there. Um, if you also want to keep your career experience um, over like an overview, very trim mm -hmm. as well. Um, so you can post the doc there. There's so many ways. So many Also, ways. when you update your resume, it gives you a chance to, it gives you a reason to post. I just mm -hmm. updated my resume. Here it is. And then you put it on LinkedIn. And sometimes that's what garners attention as well. Absolutely, it does. Yeah, really good. Anything else, Kira? Yes, well, there's there's one personal story that I want to share. Um, my uh, younger sister, Morgan, just searched for and acquired a new job during COVID over the course of 2021. And um, I think she's a really interesting case to talk about. She's a, the classic case of um, a 20-something who was living by themselves in a studio apartment in a downtown area, in this case, Chicago. And after months of being alone in 2020, decided to move home with our parents in Michigan. And I really, I think, upended really what she saw for herself and where she was going with her career and made her question what she wanted to be doing and where she wanted to be. And some of that is really great personal growth, but as you know, can also be like incredibly stressful and is a space where I think a lot of our listeners could be right now, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, as we talk about these issues, about the great resignation of 2021, as we talk about like these um, issues of workers' rights and things like that, people are questioning these things now. Anyway, so Morgan just landed this great marketing gig uh, at a new company in Michigan. It all worked out. Um, and it, And I'm really happy for her. I'm really proud of her. Um, but it was incredibly stressful along the way for her because she couldn't utilize any of these normal networking tools that we've already talked about. So um, I pulled Morgan and she had a few great points or ideas, which I want to make sure I emphasize just so people know, like this is coming from a person who literally just dealt with this. <laughs> yes, they have lived through this. They and have lived through this. 
And it's recent too, because we all know that the networking and professional development landscape changes all the time. It's constantly changing. It's never the same. And so the more recent the experience, I feel like the more valuable it is. Yeah. And so Morgan started her new job in November. So it just happened. Um, Yay, Morgan. So Mm -hmm. Morgan said first, um, you know, look out for local young professional groups or just groups in general. Great way to meet like-minded individuals who are relatively close, perhaps in like physical proximity, um, because you just never know where those are going to go. And I think this could also be, you know, general interest groups, book clubs, whatever it is. Like, it doesn't just have to be professional. Yeah. Number two, um, vocalize. Be okay with being vulnerable and letting people know the situation you're in, right? Share what it is you're going through. And Morgan said, you know, not elaborately, not dramatically. Um, But I think that you and I have experienced this as well, that if you're open on LinkedIn or Instagram or your social media of choice, you'd be surprised, you know, as Morgan said, you'd be surprised at just how many people are going through something similar to, to you and letting someone know to help you. They won't know how to help you if you don't share what you are going through. It's so true. And I think it is hard uh, to, or it's difficult, right. To put yourself out that way and kind of expose yourself in that way. Um, but I think that one of the things that I've experienced is that people want to help. It's if they have a resource for you, um, or if they know somebody that, um, that could help you, they just need to know what direction you're going in or what you need. And you can really, you know, rely on your network yeah. uh, to be that support for you. So yes, but you have to tell people what it is you want and need or are looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, and then one thing that she was super successful at and helped her both like um, emotionally and like networking wise was um, her nonprofit and volunteering work. Yeah. You know, because community involvement um, she said is like a good spider web. Like you're mm-hmm. getting involved in the community. You're partaking in something that you have an interest in something that's benefiting the community and you're, you're meeting people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's so true. And um, you know, that's why people put that volunteer work on their resumes. It's, yeah. You know, it's, and the other thing is, is, I think in the last two years, uh, the opportunities to volunteer virtually have expanded. So there are all sorts of um, different ways that you can engage um, with, uh, you know, community uh, organizations or even national organizations uh, digitally. Um, I know that reading programs, for example, where you can connect over Zoom with um, a, a student or a child and, and help them read. I know those have really taken off. Uh, so there's lots of uh, lots of ways if you're still um, quarantining or if you are still uh, practicing caution uh, when it comes to, um, you know, what you do outside of your home. Um, then, yeah, I think that there's still opportunities to volunteer. Yeah. That way. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really good point about the virtual volunteering. Thank you. Um, And then the last nugget I'll leave you with from Morgan was, she said, I've been told to leave a conversation with these questions. Um, And I'll put them on the website as well. Number one, any recommendations to explore additional opportunities in this area? Number two, are you aware of someone within this community that I could reach out to? Mm -hmm. And number three, 
What advice do you have for someone who recently moved to this area or recently moved into this field and is looking for a new job? Oh, I love those questions. I love that. And I love that she um, gave us that or gave us those questions just because sometimes ending those conversations can be a little bit awkward. Oh, so true. Um, or when a person asks you, do you have any questions for me? And you're like, the other thing that I would recommend just as a, a tag along to that is to say, um, you know, when you have ended a conversation with somebody, it's totally, it's actually probably really nice of you to kind of circle back and yeah. um, remind them that you exist um, <laughs> and be that maybe you asked them these questions the last time you spoke and see if they have any answers for you, especially yeah. if they couldn't think of anything in the moment. Some right. people just need time to kind of pick their brains and, or, and come or up with something. Uh-huh. You've acted on something that they yes. advised you to do also yes. a good way to loop back, right? Absolutely. But yeah. keep that connection going. So those questions are a really easy link from point A, which is that initial conversation to point B, where you are engaging them as part of your network. Oh, that's so good. That's great. Yeah, that's a really good idea that like, if you don't say it in the moment, or even if you do to then use it as a way to follow up afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's great. totally. Great. No, Morgan, thank you so much. Yay, Morgan. Fantastic. (laughs) And congratulations on your new job. Yeah, she's killing it right now. Go, Morgan. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think if if there's one um, thought that I want you to leave with... it's, this is a piece of advice that I've been giving folks as they, they, they start on their career journeys. It's to, um, don't place your happiness over the horizon line. And what I mean by that is so often we get in this mindset of saying like, I'll be happy when I'll be happy when I get that promotion. I'll be happy when I'm in this position. I'll be happy when I have this type of office or when I have this client. And, um, I think that this links back to this, just this concept that we've been talking about, about our relationship to our, our jobs and that we as a culture are trying to move to a place of like, enjoy the now, enjoy what I'm doing now. And when you're never going to love every single day of your job, I mean, that's ridiculous to place that kind of pressure on yourself, but to try to be in, in a place that you're enjoying what you're doing now and recognizing that it is valid and good for you and that you're learning and growing. Because otherwise, if we keep saying, I'll be happy when we reach that point in the horizon, we're like, okay, well, what now? Of course. Right. And we don't, we don't feel that sense of happiness that we thought we would. That's right. We're just chasing our tails. Yeah. Right. So I think that that's something that I'm trying really hard to do now is, although I'm, I'm, I'm recognizing career goals that I have. Um, and still striving for them. I'm trying to recognize like, what am I getting from this moment now? How am I learning? How can I, how can I enjoy what it is that I'm doing now? Um, so that I'm not, um, just harnessing like all my happiness to this thing that exists in the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah. Well, that's a great note to end on Kara. This episode has been all about learning. Um, I'm interested to know what you're learning this week. Uh, yes. What am I learning about this week? Um, uh, well, this sort of fits perfectly with the theme of our episode. Um, I have been recently very obsessed with an Instagram account called New Happy Co. And I'll put it in the resources. 
um, and in the, the show notes. Um, this is just one of those really great accounts that um, has like those great little inspirational quips that we all need to get through the day. But the reason why I love them is because they are like these very visually pleasing, uh, like graphical reminders of things that that we need to know um, on a daily basis. And so it's for a person like me, and I know you're the same way, Allie, that like we thrive on visuals Mm -hmm. Um, there. It's bar graphs, it's shapes, it's pretty colors. And it's really like a satisfying account to follow because I, if something comes up and it'll, they'll, they'll post something and it comes up in the feed and you're like, that's just what I needed to see today. Yes. Yes. So it just feels really good. So that's just my feel good account to follow today. New happy co. I love it. I love it. Yeah. How about you? What are you learning about right now, Allie? So what I am learning this week is more of like a, I think I'm in like a personal learning curve right now. Mm-hmm. I have a toddler um, I work full time. Uh, I um, am going to have my second child next year. Woo-hoo! And yeah, so it's it's a lot. And I am used to living my life one way. And it's I'm a very social person. My husband and I love to throw parties and we love to cook for people. Um, however, doing all of that, um, is a lot of work and, um, my son has a lot of energy. Um, my energy has been depleted over the last couple of months just because of the state of pregnancy that I'm in and and work, um, that has taken a lot of my attention. And, um, in order to maintain that social aspect of our lives that feeds and fuels me, um, I am now making concessions. And one of those things that I'm learning is that you can't do everything the way that you want to and still have the experience that you want to have. Yes. So one of the things that I'm learning this week is that it's okay to order food for parties. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to buy the cake from the store. Right. It's okay to get it catered. It's okay to have it delivered to your doorstep. Um, people want to be together. Mm, we shouldn't, um, in the words of PF Tompkins, we should never take that for granted. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to, uh, keep doing it. But I think for right now, um, over the course of the next few years, we might just, you know, we, it's not that we'll stop cooking, you know, for our friends and family. Um, but it's that, we're going to feel less guilt around, you know, doing things a little bit differently right. so that we can still enjoy our time um, with You're going to lower your personal love. standards. I am. It's totally like what you personally have set for yourself. Yeah. Right. I know. I know. No one's expecting my husband and I to serve them a three-course meal, but we've gotten used to it. We've gotten right. used to it. Right. Um, but now it, I think our, our focus has shifted a little bit and um, hopefully... This will mean that we don't spend so much time and energy cooking and preparing and cleaning up, yeah. uh, but we spend our energy kind of focused on our kids and our friends and our family. And, and so this is all just to say that I'm learning this personally. And and for some of you, this may be super obvious, but I also just, you know, we're all trying to balance our work lives and our and our personal lives too. And just the same way that we have to continue to develop professionally, we continue to develop and change personally as well. So oh, that's so great. I love that. Yeah. And it's such it's an arc that we all go through. Yeah. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> it is. It is. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So, and Kara's like the queen of throwing. Kara and her husband, Brandon, are like the king and queen of throwing kid-focused parties, but with an adult edge. Um, and so it's Thank like, you. But it took time. Yeah. It took yeah. us time to figure that out too, right? Like where yes. are the things, where, where do you focus? What do the kids care about? What do the people care about? And what makes my life easy? Yeah. And and you know what? At the end of the day, most of the time, we just care about our kids having a good time, right? Yeah. We want to make sure um, we eat. So we'll bring food. We'll, you know, we that's basically what happens. We want to make sure everyone's fed. Yeah. And that there's maybe a good solid alcoholic beverage or two. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. really the core of it. If you get that right, yeah. you got it. You're fine. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, so, so yeah, funny. that's good though. Um, yeah, it's a, this is a really good point. I think a lot of people go through it. So I'm glad. Thanks for sharing it, Allie. I know. And Kara's like, Kara, Kara has um, two kids that are just slightly older than my kids. And so she goes through everything like right before I go through it. Right. <laughs> so but this is really the good chain, timing. right? And my sister yeah. went through everything before I did. And so mm-hmm. then she shares her knowledge with me. And then I yeah. share, um, like, this is what we, the chain of, of parenthood. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. But, you know, guys, thank you so much for joining us this week during our conversation. Um, We hope that you, you know, gained some sort of insight or knowledge that you can take with you on your professional journey um, because we love sharing this stuff with you. Yeah. And as always, share your tips with us as well Mm -hmm. um, on Instagram or send us an email. And we would love to share that out with our listeners as well, because in this situation, it's literally like please like let's all pool together and help each other through this. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing that I've learned and I'll end on this note is that people want to help people. If you can help someone, then you will. And so I hope that you guys feel that love and um, it maybe with your tips and tricks, you can help others during this time as well. Yay. Yeah. And remember, don't worry. You'll think of something. Thank you for listening to this episode of You'll Think of Something. Just as a reminder, the views expressed in this podcast are the personal thoughts and feelings of the hosts and do not reflect those of their affiliated workplaces or larger organizations. To find more resources from the show, visit ytos-podcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram at ytos.podcast. And please email us with feedback or with suggestions for future shows at ytos.podcast at gmail.com. And remember, don't worry, you'll think of something.